Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, Great Village, where we believe in the truth of the gospel, building of community, and engaging in the mission of Christ. We hope you enjoy this week's message as our pastors share from God's Word. Good morning, church family. Good morning, and see you guys out there. See ya. Go have fun. Um... So, like Steve said, I'm going to be speaking out of the book of Jonah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a really tiny book, so if you want to try and find it right now, I'll, I'll give you some time, because that's where we're going to park today. If you want to open your Bibles, you want to sit there, and ju- it's literally 48 verses. It's four chapters, and, but in total, it's 48 verses. So, it's kind of hard to find. It's in the Old Testament. But uh, make your way there um, uh, and uh, just park yourselves there. We, we tend not to read some of the more well-known stories in the Bible. Um, like a Jonah, I, I think most people have heard the story of Jonah and the great fish or uh, most people hear Jonah and the whale or whatever. Um, but we, tell, we tend not to read those stories because we've heard them in kids' church. We've heard them for years and years, over and over and over again. Um, but it's, it's one of those good reminder books. If you, if you don't read some of the well-known stories, you should go back and read them. Because in the kids' version, it tends to be a little more fluffy, a little more kinder to the people that maybe messed up a little. Uh, but yeah, go back and read them because I find Jonah is a really good reminder that if we choose to follow God, you better be ready to follow God. So I'm going to say it again. If you choose to follow God, you better be ready to follow God. Because... Um, we know God has plans for us, right? Okay, so we do. We know God has a plan for us. And his plans, they're way bigger than ours. But no matter how hard you run, no matter how hard you hide, you will still end up in Nineveh in the end if you're choosing to follow God. So this whole series is us choosing our favorite Bible characters. And I can't say that Jonah is my favorite Bible character. I just really like the storyline. I really like how there are similarities. And I've noticed there were similarities in even my own personal journey. Um, Jonah's journey and and how he did things kind of lined up. Maybe I didn't end up in a belly of a fish, but there are some things that he did that I can relate to. And I'm sure that as I go through this, you're going to find out that maybe you can relate to this as well, because I realized this when I was uh, getting ready to speak at a Nova Scotia youth workers uh, gathering that we went to, that um, my life started to mirror this and because um, they asked me they said okay Alex we w- we'd like you to come and speak at this but can you tell us about 
you know, your life journey and how you got into ministry and how ministry's going and just kind of talk to the rest of us, uh, the rest of the youth workers here. And so as I was doing it, the, lo- the Lord really reminded me of like Jonah. It's like there's a lot of similarities here. So I came to the conclusion that as I was going through my life, no matter how hard I tried to run the other way, I always ended up in Nineveh. Like I always ended up doing what God wanted me to do. Even though it kind of took me many, many years later, but I still ended up doing it. Like I had a path that I had to go through, I guess. So I don't say Jonah's my favorite Bible character, but I ended up definitely really resonating with the story. Let me ask you this though. Have you been asked to do something and you don't want to do it? Um, there's some kids still in the room. Like you had to be asked to clean your room and you're like, ah, I don't want to do it. Or you're, uh, or you're just an apprentice and you have your journeyman telling you, go wrap that cord, boy. Or, you know, sweep that floor. I don't want to do it. I, I want to be the guy doing the work. I want to be the carpenter. I want to be the electrician. I want to be the plumber. But you're, you're the apprentice right now, so you're going to listen and you're going to do I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. Or maybe there's the thought in your head that, do they even deserve my help? Do they even deserve my time? Are they just going to waste my time when I go and help them? We can quickly develop this me-centered attitude because we realize as we get older, our time is precious. Our time is valuable. And if you're not going to use my time wisely, then I am not going to give you my time. Is that resonating with you at all? Yeah, uh-huh, I hear some sheepish, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. It, it's okay to be honest in church today, people. I'm going to be honest today in church, okay? I'm going to be honest today. So um, we know the kid's version of Jonah. Jonah was called by the Lord to what? Go speak to Nineveh. What did he do? He said, uh-uh. I'm going the other way. So I'm going to run to Tarshish. So he boards a boat. What happens to the boat? The boat gets hit by a storm. What do they do? They're like, ah, uh, who's this? Whose fault is it? Jonah's fault. Throw him overboard. So he gets thrown overboard. What happens? Belly of the fish gets eaten by the fish. And then what happens? He repents. And then he gets thrown up onto the shore. And then he says, Lord says, go back to Nineveh. And he says, all right, I'll go. And then what happens? He goes to Nineveh and all the Ninevites serve the Lord. That is the story. Amen. Let's, and we can go now. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> um, that is the kid's story. That is truly the kid's story. They left out some key details. What isn't shared is that Jonah wasn't scared. Uh, he wasn't in the middle of doing something. He, didn't, he wasn't doing something more important. He didn't have um, a future scheduled date that he had to, you know, I got to stay here and wait. He didn't want to go to Nineveh because he believed the Ninevites weren't worthy of God's grace and they should suffer. He 
He, he believed they weren't worthy. When God called Jonah, he decided to go away from Nineveh. So let's just start out in chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read it. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of um, Amity, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So, she, uh, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. Jonah was a prophet. Jonah was a messenger of God to his people. Yet Jonah was self-centered, arrogant, and hypocritical. Jonah was like a prodigal prophet. He decided, I'm going to run away from the Lord. But in our minds today, as we read through the scriptures, and we know that, like, how are you running away from God? How is that even possible? Why is that even a thing? But like Adam and Eve tried to hide from God's presence in the garden, Jonah thought he was going to try and run and hide too. If we look into the verse, we can already see the outline of our lives. God called Jonah to go and speak against what Nineveh was doing like we are called every day. It might not mean like going to Brazil and sharing the gospel like Natalie did or, you know, maybe um, going away to Bible college like, you you know, so many of our kids have gone off to and done. Um, but it could mean something simple as sharing the gospel with our family and friends. We always find the perfect excuse not to speak up. Oh, they'll just laugh at me. They'll, they'll make fun of me. Or uh, they're just not going to listen anyway, so why should I even bother? Or... I don't want to spend my time in this ministry because the leader's not going to take my time seriously and I'm just going to waste it. Or they're not going to listen to me anyway. My time is up in here. I've already been there, done that. So I'm wasting my time. I've got to go and do different things. We can't just ignore God's calling on our life. Because if we do, then we're going to miss the chance that God's going to do something miraculous through us. Or maybe we have, um, like Jonah, already determined that they're not worth saving. That's harsh. They're not worth it. Do you know what they've done? Do you know who they are? God knows, but he's still sending you.
they just won't appreciate what I have to say. Do you feel God is calling you in, but you're boarding a ship to leave? Do you feel that, that God is calling you into something, but you're like, nah, God, I gotta go? I know that's how my life kind of went. Can I tell you a story? Can I, can I take a second to tell a story? Why am I asking? I have the mic. You got to listen anyway. Well, allow it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, I remember growing up and going to youth group, and I had a youth pastor and some of the senior high guys who really poured into my life. They helped pay for me to go to youth conferences. They spent time with me outside of youth group, discipling me and, 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 and pouring into me. Um, but I remember before my senior year in high school, our pastor was taking a job in Ontario. So we had a goodbye, par- a goodbye party for him. We took some time during the event to share how he affected our lives and um, just at, telling him some of the things we appreciated about him. When it was my turn, I remember what I said. I said, I thank you for how you've influenced me. I thank you for the time that you've poured into me. I can never repay you for that. But I said, you've inspired me to go to Bible college. And I want to do that. Now, long story short, most of you know my story a little bit. I didn't do that. Um... I didn't follow through on those plans. The Lord was placing something in my heart, but I decided to board a ship and run the other way. Obviously, things got in the way, like uh, dating relationships, uh, my self-centeredness, my arrogance, uh, that all got in the way. And I didn't go to Bible college. Instead, I, 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 I kind of started dating a girl that didn't believe in God, um, or a relationship with God, for that matter, that was even necessary. I went to the police academy. Uh, I took that path instead. Uh, I tried to hide from God and walk away from him. I I tried to surround myself with people who uh, agreed with that mindset. I distanced myself from my youth group friends because I wanted to enforce my decision to board the ship and run away. Jonah did that too. He said, I don't want to hear this. I don't want anybody to know what I'm doing. So he decided to jump into the boat and uh, go right to the bottom, fall asleep, and ignore everything. Sometimes we do that too. We try to avoid people altogether. Sometimes we try to um, just have our voice reassure ourselves in our head, void of God's wisdom. We shut it all out. I'm just trying to reaffirm that what I am doing is the right decision. But But God seems to find a way to find us, doesn't he? God uses people, and he uses situations to reveal himself. So we're going to read on in verse 4. It says, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, 
so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and to each they cried out to his God. And you notice that's lowercase g-o-d. They hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it up. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and fallen asleep. So the captain came to him and said, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise and call your God. Perhaps the God will give us a thought to us and that we may not perish. You're talking about some mariners. Like these guys, they live on the water. These guys, their job is the water. They've seen some stuff in the water. You have to have some storm to make these guys afraid. We, it's funny though, you see the mariners, they're doing everything. They're, everything possible to fix the situation. Uh, they're, they're throwing out everything. They're, they're calling out to their gods. They're doing everything under their own power to fix this situation. We know they didn't believe in the one true God. But they were crying out to many gods to fix what was happening in their lives. That didn't work. So they started throwing things overboard. Because they didn't want to be swamped with water. Tried to lighten it up because normally that's a cargo ship and that's going to be heavy laden because you're, you're going to take as much as you can to get across the water so that boat's deep in the water and the storm hits, what's happening? You're getting capsized with water. So they're throwing stuff out, trying to lighten it up to try and bring that boat up because they knew what they were doing. We tend to do the same things in our lives. We want to be happy. So what do we do? We fill our lives with things that, think, that we think that's going to accomplish that. We do things like partying, drinking, drugs, sports, toys for big boys and big girls. Or maybe working 80 hours a week. Maybe that will fulfill our life. All the things to fill our lives, to fill our time, and thinking that it will accomplish what we desire. I can remember working 125 hours in two weeks thinking that's what I need to do. I can remember trying to do the things that I think is going to accomplish my life. But when they fail and they don't accomplish what we desire, we start tossing them aside. Oh, this didn't do it, but this will. We sell the toy that we bought because it's not big enough. So I need to buy a bigger one because that's more fun. I can go faster on this four-wheeler. That's what I need. This one's a little too small. I can fit four people on this side-by-side. -side. Let's, let's get that one. We can have more fun with more people. That's better. Or we start to quiet quit our job. Like, or all together, we just say, new career. This one isn't making me happy anymore. New career. We do all this and try to replace our fake gods to make us happy. But nothing works. I still remember a time in the academy where I met these two guys who helped wake me up. 
I was sleeping on God. Trying to fill my life with other idols, looking for acceptance. I was filling my life with my dream job. I had a girlfriend who I was not in a good relationship with, like it was not good, and no, it was not April. Uh, just so we're clear, this, it was not good. In my mind, I thought it was. It was great. We're going, you know, everything was good. What more could I ask for? There was still a void. What's the void? These two guys had no idea how their relationship would affect me. These two guys had no idea how praying for me and with me would affect me down the line. The fact that I woke up one day and saw that I needed Jesus in my life. As we read into verse 6, the captain had to wake up Jonah. It's ironic, isn't it? In the narrative, the captain is waking up Jonah to call out on his God. Jonah, wake up. We need you to ask your God to stop this because none of ours are working. They, they're not listening. All the things we're doing ain't working. Jonah, can you, can, you need to come up and you need to call out your God. But the captain didn't realize that he was waking Jonah up to call out his God who he was actually trying to run away from. Little did he know what he was asking Jonah to do. Let's keep reading. Verse 7. And they said to one another, Come and let us cast lots, that we may know whose uh, account this evil has come upon us. So they casted lots. If you guys don't know what lots are, it's kind of like a dice game. They just figure out who's, who's what. Uh, and you probably read in the New Testament, that's what they did for Jesus' clothes. They casted lots just to kind of split up the stuff. Who gets what? It's just an old game. And the lot fell on Jonah. A lot of times they think it's a game of chance, but we all know what happened there. Then they said to him, tell us on whose account is this evil has come upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? The interrogation happens. Now he's sweating. And he had to say to them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Oh, how ironic is that? I fear the Lord. I, I fear the Lord, the guy who created the stuff that we're in. That's kind of ironic. And he, yeah, I'm going to run away from that. Okay, try again. Um, verse 10. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. The prodigal prophet, prophet who's running away, the man who tried to run away from the Lord, but the Lord kept pursuing the man. Jonah needed to come clean and identify himself and what he stood for. I fear the Lord who is doing all this to us. And now the mariners knew Jonah was trying to escape the Lord and, and his will. The mariners were perplexed about how much trouble Jonah actually could be in. Like, what have you done? Because this is serious, dude. What did you do to stir up God's anger? 
I doubt that Jonah even knew the enormity of his action. He just knew he was getting away from doing what God wanted him to do. Jonah still didn't know how much God would use him, even in this ship. God was going to use Jonah, what Jonah meant for his own purpose, to get away. He was going to use Jonah's own purpose to make something good out of it. Verse 11, and they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick up and hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. At first, that really seems like a noble gesture, doesn't it? Jonah's like, hey, throw me into the sea, guys. That, that'll help. It's, it's all on me. I'll take the bullet for you. Throw me into the sea. This will save you. And then, you know, so it sounds like he's doing this great noble action. You'll be saved until you realize, until we realize Jonah was just trying really, really hard to run away. Like he would like go as far as death than go and speak to those at Nineveh. He would rather face the Lord in death than have to go and speak to the people in Nineveh. Jonah said this that it's because of me, I'm the reason we're in this mess. Jonah knew that the Lord would not relent. There was no relenting because he would not let Jonah go. But the mariners were reluctant. They didn't want to have Jonah's blood on, on their hands. They were also petrified because they could see what this God is capable of. And they didn't want that wrath upon them. Now we're into verse 13. It says, Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord. They called out to the Lord. In Jonah's downfall, In Jonah's ignorance and self-centeredness, God is using Jonah. The mariners called out to the Lord. O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us an innocent blood for you. O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. The mariners were unwilling to follow through with what Jonah had planned. They're like, I don't think that's what we should do. So they attempted to do things under their own power again. But the pursuit of God wins out. The mariners call out to God, 
not the little G-U-D like God that they were calling out just a second ago, but the Lord God. They sought his forgiveness as they were about to throw Jonah overboard. As we choose to follow God or our own will, we face many decisions in our lives. I had to make one of those throwaway or stay decisions. I was in my dorm room at the academy and I had a decision to make. Do I keep trying to paddle? Do I keep trying to do it under my own power and make unhealthy decisions, unhealthy relationships work, unhealthy choices matter? Or do I cast it away? Do I cry out for the Lord to the Lord for forgiveness and choose to worship him and him alone? That night, I decided to end my relationship that wasn't healthy. I wanted to cast away what wasn't honoring God. I sought out in prayer from my two brothers um, who poured into me. I'm not saying my life became perfect after that moment, but I was on a journey to restore my relationship with God. And I was restoring a relationship that was broken through my self-centeredness. Even in the fish, it didn't appear that Jonah changed his attitude a whole lot. The storm stopped once he was cast from the boat and God provided a fish to protect Jonah. But isn't it amazing even though Even in our disobedience, God still provides for us. But as we read the prayer, I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to pick a couple things out of it. As we read the prayer from Jonah, we don't really see repentance in his actions. There's not really a, a repentant prayer. But he does thank God for saving his life. At least he said that. But even from the belly of the fish, Jonah still doesn't want to go to Nineveh. Stubborn. So stubborn. Yet he relents and ends his prayer with this in verse 9 of chapter 2. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It's almost like, all right, God, you win. I submit. I tap out. I'm, I'm done fighting. Fine, I'll do it. Since you saved my life, I, I guess I will do it. It's only fair. With that, Jonah was vomited onto the shore. Yes, you can read your Bible as it says vomited. My version does anyway. And the Lord came to Jonah saying, Arise and go to Nineveh. Jonah stood by his word and traveled to Nineveh. 
If we read chapter 3, it says, um, verse 3, So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breath. Um, So this is a huge city. This is a big place. My study Bible says that Nineveh was about 50 to 90 kilometers across if you wanted to walk across it. However, Jonah was still unhappy with the Ninevites, still didn't want to do what he was asked to do. So I think he gave a quiet quitting 1% effort job. So he had to go. God said, you got to go speak against them. So Jonah did that. And I think he was really working hard on his message on his travels there to Nineveh because he had a little bit of time to get there. Um, And he had a day's walk inside of Nineveh. And he got not even halfway across because it's like a three-day journey across. He did a day's travel and he stopped. And he said this. This is his powerful message, guys. You ready? Yet 40 days in Nineveh shall be overthrown. Eight words. Jonah did what he had to do. He called out against Nineveh, and there was no evidence in the, in the scriptures to say otherwise that he said anything else. Although I'd, I'd hope he'd say, you know, hey, God sent me. I'm a messenger from the Lord, you know, whatever, at least something. But that's all we got. There's no evidence that Jonah said anything else or preached an actual message. We can only assume there was more, but there isn't in Jonah's book. We have to believe that this was all that was used. Like Jonah, I, st- I still see my story following this pattern. Not to the same extent, like I said, I, I wasn't giving a message to a great city or I didn't end up in the belly of a fish. Um, I, I agreed to repair my relationship with God and serve God but I was giving the minimum. I was still operating under my own self-centeredness, my own self-centered attitude. I was in policing. I was continuing to ignore God's calling on my life, but God had to wake me up again. Kind of had to give me a little jostle where I was no longer in policing. I was working for a friend of mine doing a labor job. Like I needed to be jostled again. It's like, hey, Policing, this thing is done. Out. Doors were just closing, closing, closing. I needed to be shooken up. I needed to move from the bare minimum of listening and understanding to serving and obeying. I was reminded of the calling that God placed in my heart many, many years ago. I needed to move from being complacent to confident. I needed to be confronted in God's calling again. I needed to be confident in God's calling again. I needed to be active in that calling In the little that Jonah did, it changed a whole city. 
And the very little that he did, it changed the whole city. So we'll continue reading and it says, And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for, the last, uh, for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. In verse 6 it says, The word reached the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself in sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published it through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and, and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. I'm going to close with this here, guys. My story's not done yet. I don't know where my story's going next. I'm still here. But all I know is I need to be seeking God. I know God can do miraculous things. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've bared witness to it. Jonah knew God could do great things, and that's why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. Chapter 4 says, uh, and he prayed that the Lord, he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. What the Ninevites experienced was real. And what jo that's what Jonah was afraid of. He didn't think they were worthy of God's favor. We can become the same thing. We can become cynical. We can run from God. Or we can be optimistic and run to God. In the whole book of Jonah, you see an arrogant, self-centered, hypocritical prophet who God pursues and protects. Even in Jonah's shortfalls, God still used him in a mighty way. And I think that's, that's more of a reminder for us. We have so many shortfalls. We have so many imperfections. And if we decide to hide in those imperfections and those shortfalls, that we, you know, we, can, we can back off and somebody else will do it. But God is going to use you in those shortfalls. God is going to use you in those shortcomings. The book of Jonah ends with the Lord saying, and should not I pity Nineveh, that great city? Jonah is left with a testing question. 
And I think we can grapple with that question too. Do we understand God's grace? Is it our concern to run to God and his plans or board a ship and run away and try to flee his presence? Because if we're following God, we better be able to trust God. We can try and run the other way as fast as we can. But we still end up in Nineveh, don't we? It's just our choice. Go willingly or in the belly of a fish. Let's stand up and pray, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, your servant Jonah may have had this self-centered, arrogant attitude of, of, of what he desired, Father, but uh, I pray that uh, we don't have that. Father, I pray against those things of, of, your, of your family here. Father God, I ask that um, you give us a heart that desires yours. That we wrestle with the questions, Father, that, that everybody deserves grace. That you have pity on your people. God, your word says that um, your son came here so that we may all have life, life everlasting. He came for the whole world, Father. We are just instruments in your story. We're characters in the story, your great story, Father. So we ask that you use us mightily. And Father, I pray that we be given the boldness to act accordingly. Father, that we step out in faith, that we are ready to serve a mighty God who can speak against the waves and cease them from crashing against our boat. So Father, I ask that uh, as we go forth from here today that um, you give us the boldness, the discernment, and the actions, Father, to serve you mightily, to see miraculous things happen in your name. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.